Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. U.S. stocks suffered their biggest losses overnight in nearly three months. The Nasdaq dropped 5%. The S&P 500 fell 3.5%. Tech shares led the sell-off. A couple more numbers for you just to give you a better idea of the extent of the selling. Apple fell 8% overnight and is down another 3% in after-hours trade. Asia-Pacific shares are following Wall Street's lead, though the bleeding is not quite as bad. Sydney and Seoul are both down more than 2%. Tokyo is in the red as well. What is behind the sell-off? Ryan Huang and I will tackle that question now. All right, Ryan, are you ready to dive into what triggered the sell-off? We've been waiting for it. It's finally here. Indeed. The last time U.S. markets suffered a sell-off this big, investors were dealing with a surge of COVID-19 infections like those in Florida, Texas, Arizona. Today, there's good news on the COVID-19 front. We know that a low-cost steroid can be an effective treatment for people with severe cases of the disease. And Johnson & Johnson just announced significant progress on a vaccine it's working on. J&J says its vaccine prevents severe illness in animals. But Traders seem to be looking away from positive news on the COVID-19 front, Ryan. So what triggered last night's selling? There doesn't seem to be any explicit catalyst. Okay, so we've got a pretty good run-up in technology names and it seems like it has finally reached a bit of a tipping point and stock markets are taking a bit of a breather. And that is quite apparent when you look into the various sectors. So the tech sector on the S&P 500 was down by nearly 6%. The communication services and consumer discretionary sectors, all, both of them, down by more than 3%. In comparison, if you look at the other sectors like energy, um, which is down by 0.7%, financials was down by one6 It is a disproportionate sell-off led by the tech sector. So that is a sign that people are taking profit from technology after such a good run. So uh, pretty much um, that is leading the Nasdaq Composite to drop by nearly 5%. And that is is its biggest drop since early um, March. And you have the Dow down by 2.8% and the S&P 500 down by 3.5%. And that was its biggest drop since June. So a bit of a sell-off as we head into the weekend and tonight's non-farm payroll numbers. An increasing number of retail traders have been buying leverage options rather than underlying shares. It was something I explored in Money Mm. and Me yesterday. Some analysts say that this trading magnified last night's sell-off as well as the recent rally that preceded this. What can you tell us about this? Yeah, so what's been happening is you've got a lot of retail investors jumping on board, maybe a bit of FOMO involved, just getting into the stock market because they keep reading about how Markets are getting a new high week after week, day after day, and there is that excitement. And in line with that, typically you get investors going into leveraged instruments. So this could be CFDs, this could be options. So when that happens, when they buy these CFDs, these are um, leveraged instruments, the dealer tries to square off on the other side um, to to balance the books. So what's happening is uh, when they try to well sell off those stocks, that is something the dealers are also betting on. So that it amplifies the entire situation when you have um, leveraged instruments in play and a dealer on the back end also trying to buy up stock. And also interesting to point out is um, the Aussie dollar is down by 0.7% this morning. And that is down versus the Sing dollar at 99 and 19. So that is a reflection of the drop in risk appetite in the markets right now. Yeah. 
And just to you know, underscore that point about how badly you can be burned from a badly timed options trade. A call with 125 strike price on Apple shares that expires tomorrow plunged 89% as its shares shrank 8% to $121. A bullish wage for Tesla to reach 500 by Friday's expiry lost 90% because the stock dropped 9% to $407. Incredible uh, drops there. All right. In corporate news, the U.S. Justice Department is preparing to file antitrust charges against Google before the end of this month. Now, that's according to a report from The New York Times. What we know so far are these charges are likely to be fairly broad or narrow. We're not quite sure about that. Ryan, what do you think? What part of Google's business is likely to come under fire for its anti-competitive practices? Yeah, so this is really short on details. But what we know so far is, of course, U.S. Attorney General Bill Barr. He is leading the case and I guess the context behind it is we have the US elections coming up and people are saying this is all part of that dynamic where Donald Trump is pushing him to get a win so he can have something in his, a, a bit of wind in his sails um, ahead of the election. So this is William Barr versus Google and what is going to be at stake is Google's search engine. So there is this accusation that Google may be unfairly using data and other um, personal information unfairly and dominating the industry unfairly as well. So that is something they are trying to build their case around. And if you look at what's happening in Europe, it paints a very um, similar story as well. What's happening there is they are trying to buy Fitbit for $2.1 billion. And the EU regulators are trying to figure out if that poses a problem in terms of um, uh, uh, antitrust issues as well. Because with personal health information and other data, it creates a huge dominance for Google in Europe. So that is potentially going to add to um, the Attorney General's case in the US. So that is still under wraps in terms of details. But I think uh, it has been um, going on for the past few months, trying to build that case, getting people on board. So I think we'll, we might hear more about it down the road. Apple is also coming under fire for possible anti-competitive activity. But in its case, the charges are coming from Tokyo, where Japanese game makers are speaking out against Apple App Store rules and its inconsistent enforcement of policies. At the heart of this story is a lawsuit by Epic Games. Ryan, why is Epic suing Apple? Okay, so a couple of things happening here. So we've got Epic suing Apple. And this is around its unhappiness with the current system where you have to pay Apple 30% of commission uh, when you transact do transactions on the Apple Store. So, for example, if you want to um, buy an upgrade for your app, uh, you have to transact it through the Apple Store and the software maker has to pay Apple 30%. So, they have been in the news recently because Epic has been trying to go around that system by getting people to buy that upgrade outside the Apple ecosystem. So Apple threatened to kick them out of the store and to ban them. So that is uh, currently still being disputed. I think Apple is backing down to allow them some concessions, but that is still playing out. But then in Japan, it seems that Japan Japanese software makers are a bit unhappy with customer service. Uh, they are quite used to paying commissions because in Japan, that is the industry standard, back to the Nintendo days. Um, but what's happening in Japan is it takes, according to them, a long time for them to get their updates or 
their software um, listed on the Apple Store. So they are unhappy with the timelines and they say sometimes it takes up to a month for Apple to get back to them. So that is a huge waiting time and you can imagine um, the opportunity costs and the lost revenue when you don't get your stuff on the Apple Store or wherever you need to, to uh, you, need, you need to be to sell it. So that is a big complaint that is starting to rise up on the back of Epic's confrontation with Apple. So that seems to be giving them some um, strength to speak up. So interesting, Apple versus developers spotlighting the uh, application service or approval service for its app store. And uh, I, I thought Makoto Shoji put it really well. He's a founder of Prime Theory. So they are the third-party providers of uh, another app called Reject Rescue, designed to help developers navigate Apple's uh, approval process. And Makoto is saying, Apple's app review is often ambiguous, subjective, mm. and irrational. And its response to developers often cut and boilerplate. So it sounds like... Like, a little bit of better communication would help everybody. Yeah, I think they need to invest a bit more <laughs> on that front. Yeah, human communication. All right, in sharp contrast uh, to U.S. stocks, Singapore shares have not been hitting all-time records in recent weeks. The Straits Times Index has been trading in a pretty tight range over the past few months, between 2,500 and 2,700. And for the year, it's still down more than 20%. All of which makes me wonder, since, you know, Singapore stocks don't seem to have joined the U.S. party, are they going to be immune from the sell-off, Ryan? Yeah, so in short, no. <laughs> Even though we don't have the fang stocks or the tech names to lead us to new record highs week after week, we are still subject to the wider currents of market sentiment. And right now, the tech sector is dragging down wider, broader sentiment. And that is being seen across the board in Asia so far. Uh, we've got Australian markets leading the losses down by 2.4%. The tech sector down by 4%. Korean markets are down by 1.2%. And if you look at the cost deck, the tech-rich cost deck is down by 1.6%. And in Japan, we are looking at losses of 1%. And back home, looking at STI, a very similar story, down by 1.2%. And it is pushing very close to 2,500 points. And looking at how we are doing, if we do that, that will be a one-month low. So we are pushing one-month lows on the STI right now, on the back of the... Um, current sell-off mood right now. All right, speak with you on Monday. Ryan Huang there joining me in Market View. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.